You're listening to Making a Druid, a Nancy Drew podcast. Welcome, my Druids, back to Making a Druid, the Nancy Drew podcast. So if you were expecting a different television show where the fans are also called Druids, you're in the wrong place. What show would that be? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I thought a public service announcement. I think there is a show. What? That's- There's another show where they, they call themselves Druids? Yeah, I couldn't, I don't remember which one it was, but I just remember seeing it on Twitter. They commented on like either one of Kennedy's or the writer's post of like, I thought reading Druids was referring to something else. And I was like, What? That, that the seems only really thing weird. that comes to mind, and I know it's inaccurate, is Merlin because they had the druids in there, but that doesn't oh. make any sense. Um, yeah, the only Drew I know is the one that sang for Zac Efron in the first High School Musical. Drew Seeley, <laughs> what an icon! We love him. <laughs> but he was in another Cinderella story. Okay, I love him. Oh yeah, with uh, what's her face, uh, Selena Gomez. Yep, yep. 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 Iconic. Anyways, but this is a this is a podcast for Nancy Drew. You're so if you're looking for Nancy Drew, welcome. I am Allie. I am joined by the ever lovely Teresa. Hello, everyone. And the also ever lovely, I don't know. I blinked there. I Melissa. thought you were gonna say in the even more lovelier. I considered it, but then it felt mean. And I, I'm in a giving mood just- today. <laughs> Say hi, hi Melissa. Melissa. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and she will be joining us for both this episode and the next episode. So we this are news to me. Love that for me. <laughs> oh, she she would not miss your reaction to 13 for the world. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> now it's, we've piqued Teresa's interest now. But we are rapidly approaching season three. We have approximately two weekends left, including this one, to get all 18 episodes of season two to you on wherever you listen to your podcast, and it is going to happen. So I hope you're ready to listen to five episodes in a row. <laughs> but I, am. I know I am. may end up happening that way. I'm just, just putting that out there. Today, though, we are talking about episode 12, The Trail of the Missing Witness. And before we can begin, we have to check in with Teresa, our keeper of the count, for our running counts. Yes. So, um, body counts. We've added a body, y'all. R.I.P. Aristotle, you were a dick, but you will be missed because you were human. (laughs) I don't miss them. I mean, um, he I was a little bit of a misogynist. I was like, gonna say, I, I kind of love the content he was able to produce, given that he's always wrong, and a lot of that <laughs> ended up on social media for our, our lovely characters. And I think that's that was very big of him, you know. <laughs> yeah, to maybe. let himself be filmed as an idiot, and I appreciate that. So. The irony was though that he didn't realize he was an idiot. So most men don't true <laughs> so especially misogynistic ones yeah I was like yeah most men don't that's okay um we've I've just learned to accept it not and move on um so yeah Aristotle got brutally attacked yeah he died pretty pretty aggressively it was gruesome <laughs> and it was 
no matter aggressive. how much of a misogynist he was, I don't think he deserved that. Um, I don't think I don't anyone think really anyone does. does. Yeah. <laughs> Except maybe Everett. We haven't really seen the full extent of his Cruel. own cruelty. Cruel. But um, <laughs> yeah, so now we're at two and a half for season two, uh, the half being George, and four and a half for the whole series. Um, thank you for your service, Aristotle. We uh, semi-appreciate you. As for our ghost, given Aristotle's murder, we've added a ghostie. Um, we're at 15 for the show, seven Ooh. for the season two. And so because we added the um, Grim Thor, is that how you pronounce the name? We're not supposed to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. So- I don't- sounds right. I'm not 100% sure. I am not a Viking nor do I speak any language connected to the Vikings. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong. Let, let me know. The other six being um, the Wraith, the Class of 75, uh, the Behoot, the Agnes, Odette, and the Lamnia. There we go. Um, wow. Seven. I'm very impressed. She's practicing I, for her pop quiz. Yeah, I have been practicing in front of the mirror. Don't even, don't think this is <laughs> just top of my head. I have been rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's getting quizzed in the finale. But you know what <laughs> just occurred to me about Grim Thor? That would check, right? Because you know, Thor, Thor, mm. Vikings. Yeah, it. Thor, yep. Vikings. That makes sense. Sounds right. Sounds He's right. He's a grim dark version of Thor I have no idea he yep. looked like a, a a Groot like an evil Groot to me <laughs> kind of an evil like. Groot like meets a but, walking stick yeah it was a weird it was yeah visual it was but um yeah cute and idol it, though cute idol cute yeah I would buy that as a plushie I wonder which cast member got to take it home Ooh, good question I hope, to tweet oh I was like hmm that was Nick's episode, so. Yeah, Nick, I mean, Nick really sh- shown in last episode. He was. Yeah, he was so great. I'm hoping Tucci's got it. Okay, and then ghost sightings. We're at 68 for the show, which is a lot, considering there's only 18 episodes per season to the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know their brand, okay? <laughs> and 27 for season two, um, if as we've mentioned this before, we'll mention this again. If we miss a ghost sighting, given the definition that we have as ghost sightings, which means we have to see an actual figure of sorts for it to count. We don't count possessions unless we see the ghost Even in a mirror it. or something like that or um, moving objects. So just, you know, keeping that in mind. But yeah, that's our, that's our count. Can you imagine a, if we did count those things? Oh, no, no, I wouldn't be able to keep count. I would have given up. I would have been like this segment. It's been axed. George it's possessions been- alone would be <laughs> in, in, an impossible. Every time we see George this season since episode five would have counted. I just well, wanted you to keep that in mind. You just wait. Somebody else gets possessed this season. I don't know what episode it is, but they get possessed. and. It's hilarious. You so. know who I oh, want to oh see. Oh God! You know who I want to see get possessed best. I just think that that would be hilarious. Oh, man. So I'm really hoping it's her. If it's not, it's fine. Anyone in the Drew crew would be funny. It would really be cool wanted- of us to hear um, Madison's American accent again. Yeah, like I want it to be best. Um, 
So, all <laughs> right. Well, we'll see. All right. So let's go ahead and recap the scourge of the forgotten rune. So previously on Nancy Drew, Nancy and the crew inadvertently found themselves in danger from a vengeful Viking god, apparently called Grimthor, after trying to clear Nick of murder when he loses his memory in one of the greatest openings of a Nancy Drew episode of all time. And (laughs) yes, it was a great opening. It turns out to be an episode of like a cycle of them forgetting themselves and then re-remembering themselves while trying to solve a mystery. It was a lot of fun. Eventually they learn that in order to minimize the God's power and turn it back into an idol, they have to teach everyone its name. So naturally they post it on social media and it instantly goes viral. The luck, the luck. Cause I, you know, I don't feel like that that's how that goes quite. Oh, well it does when you have, when you hack into a system of, bots (laughs) yes they did have ace hack into the bot system or whatever but still well and everybody's following nancy drew news come on now exactly at nancy drew news but also last episode we had carson he moved he has officially moved back in with nancy and nick bought the building that carson's apartment was in after he moves back in with nancy and it's so funny because it sets it up to make you think he's just buying the apartment but no bro went ahead and bought the whole damn building and he said it's a good investment and i said you better be investing in something boo because you spent a lot of money i just that money ain't gonna last very long they're not very he keeps saying that and yet he's still a millionaire apparently well, I mean, so. it's kind of hard to spend millions upon millions of dollars, but they don't, he doesn't have so many millions that it will last him a lifetime. It mm-hmm. was only 5 million. Well, also last episode, Nick and George continue to be couple goals with their honesty and communication. We love Fanson in this house. Also, Nancy has convinced Celia to make her a family asset instead of something to be eliminated. Whether or not that will stand, we will see. And lastly, Grant outs himself to Ace as his long-lost other uh, older brother and tells Ace that he needs I called that from a mile away. How? You did. Well, okay. So anytime, and I've said this before, anytime on a CW show, someone comes on and has any kind of name or a line and they're not a main character, they're going to end up being important. Yeah, and I just really like Shannon Cook, so I was hoping he'd become important. So I was just like, I'm going to make him Ace Brothers because one, we need to cast that, and two, it the timing was if was questionable to me. I feel that. So that's and how the last episode ended. Was Ace answering the door, and there's Grant, and he said, "Hi, I'm your brother. I need your help." So great way <laughs> to meet your brother. <laughs> Already wanting something from you. I'm just kidding. But to be honest, that's how siblings sometimes work. They're like, what's up? Oh, I know. I have five five sisters. I will say the minute Teresa, because I was on when Teresa made that prediction, I literally messaged Allie and I was like, how the hell is she doing this right now? (laughs) Yeah, that that power, wasn't it? I may have smooth brain, but sometimes I have one brain cell included, okay? (laughs) You're so, you're so sorry. All right, so that's it for last episode. Let's get into this episode, The Trail of the Missing Witness. 
it opens with Ace and Grant talking in the car in Florence. And Grant says that his plan was to initially get a job at the restaurant and make sure that Ace wasn't psychotic before they became great friends. But then it shows us a flashback of Grant's time at the Claw. And it's basically a bunch of different scenes of Ace treating Grant as a co-worker and spending his personal time with the Drew crew. And it kind of makes you a little sad because Ace is obviously oblivious to the fact that Grant is trying to make a connection with him because he's so wrapped up in the Drew crew. But, you know, it, it is. He found his family. Like he, he like has he his did. own family. I loved every second of that flashback scene. <laughs> I thought it was oh so gosh. cute. And I just was, every time Ace was just a little bit mean, <laughs> to grant i like he's died a, the flavor la- uh flavor flavor <laughs> layer yeah and i was just i every time and i just looked over at grant and shannon cook is just so cute right i was gonna smile. say the same I, my heart i was just like the casting it was like if they had they could have casted eddie literally anybody right it was definitely no shannon's fault and it was, it was shannon's fault that i felt shannon. bad i was absolutely immediately endeared to grant just because of shannon's face he's like a little puppy so that alone is probably one of his greatest gifts of shannon cook like it's he, the he's eyes. just it's the eyes and that smile oh i just mm-hmm. i just want to hug him <laughs> and i will say i was very appreciative in the fact that in a restaurant like the claw he was dressed as a very fancy sous chef yeah yes, right <laughs> he, he was obviously there to impress from the get-go but we also see the time where we previously saw Ace go to meet his brother and his brother wasn't there. Well, the flip side of that was he actually did go to meet Ace and he got a phone call from someone who at the beginning of the episode, we didn't know who it was. And we hear him say, wait, let me talk to her. And then he leaves the box and then Ace walks up and sees the box. So they barely missed each other. So he did in fact go that night with the intention to meet Ace, but was drawn away. It's just, it was funny to me that in like, it had been like a week, I think is what he said. It had been like a week since he came to the claw and he'd already come to the conclusion that he and Ace were never going to work out. (laughs) He was like, this is never going to work. I, I don't think that's a fair conclusion, but it's a reasonable one. Like, I don't think that's necessarily true. Because I think Ace is very lovable and I think Grant can be very lovable and I think they could get along if they had the time. Yeah. Do I blame Grant for thinking that they just weren't going to mesh? No. No. Like I said, every time Ace was a little bit mean to him, my heart kind of broke and I kind of, I was like, I understood. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, back in the present, Grant says that he meant to tell him several times, but they never felt like the right time because they had nothing in common. And Ace is like, what? That's not true. Litmus test, Aerosmith or ACDC. And then they both say something different. And I was like, bad litmus test, apparently. Ace is a little heartbroken that his brother feels like they have nothing in common. (laughs) But um, he does ask Grant, like, you know, did you know about me? And he did not. He did not know he had a brother until Ace contacted him. All he knew was that they moved around a lot because he's in witness protection. And he asked Ace, you know, does Tom know about him, Ace's dad? And 
Ace says that he doesn't think he does. Like, does he want him to know? And, you know, Grant's a little bit unsure if he wants him to know because right now he has bigger problems. So this is where he goes into why he needs help from Ace. So his mom is in danger by someone named Daniel West. And he has been calling Grant. He knows everything about them. And he has said that Grant's mother stole something valuable and he wants it back. Apparently she hid it underground in her hometown. And that's why he needs Ace's help. And Ace says, because you heard that I've been called the hero of Horseshoe Bay. And he said, no, I knew you could talk Nancy into helping me. And Ace says, a real hero. Ace says, that was my second guess. <laughs> <laughs> I uh Ace was so cute in this episode. Like him and Grant. I want more of them together. I agree. I agree. I I think Ace was in his element. If last episode was Nick in his element, this episode was Ace in his element. Mm-hmm. And and I really enjoyed it. So we know why Grant is there now. He is there to try and get Nancy's help with his mother. And it just so happened to be that his half-brother is best friends <laughs> with Nancy. So it works out in his favor, right? But Or does it? Like, I'm just, I was like, is it a coincidence? Is it his favor? So, some may never know because the way this episode shakes out, so I feel like it's a question mark. <laughs> truth, truth. Yes. We then see uh, Ace and Grant, they, he has taken Grant to Nancy. They're watching a video uh, that the bad guy Daniel has sent to Grant as proof that he's watching his mother. And Nancy sees something in the reflection. She has Ace look at it and like kind of work his computery magic stuff. And Grant is still kind of reeling from being lied to his whole life. And I found it super convenient that he just happened to be with Nancy who was also lied to her whole life and she's able to give him some advice and he she's like you know you'll get through it and so I was like you know convenient and Ace finishes doing his computery stuff with the image they get a picture of Daniel uh and Grant does not know who he is so he's never actually met this person but he said he has to find what his mother hid that Daniel wants. And apparently she hid it at the place she grew up called Redgate. And it just so happened also conveniently that even though you can't Google this place, apparently, Nancy knows what it is because of a nature cult that she studied in 10th grade. And, <laughs> and I'm like, all right totally normal same I did that I did that too I also solved a bunch of cases and like knew about cults that, that are nearby yeah level so, we're the same Nancy and I the same Redgate apparently was it's like original name and now its name's been changed so you can't google it but luckily Nancy is Nancy and so she knows what Redgate is she even remembers that there's a fallout shelter there and that's probably where Grant's mom hid whatever it is and so she tells Ace that they're going to need equipment. So Ace is like, I've got you. And they start to leave. Carson walks in and he's like, hey, Ace. He's like, hey. And he kind of looks at Grant and he points and Nancy's, Nancy said, you know, that's Grant. He's the new chef at the claw or whatever. But I just loved 
I loved his face in this scene because he's like, who is this guy? Like he's he's not part of your crew. <laughs> like he's like, who is why is he here? Is he infiltrating something? Can we trust him? Like why is he in my living room? Like <laughs> well, maybe there was also a sense of like proudness of oh Nancy has more friends. Is she branching out? I'm so oh. proud. <laughs> but we need another Asian. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, but while he's there, Nancy's like, Hey, have you ever heard of this case of a woman who turned witness protection in the nineties, blah, 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 blah. And he says vaguely, Nancy's like, this would be a really good opportunity for you to use those connections you've been making and find me a case file. And Carson says, I'll see what I can do, sweetheart. And I love that he has just completely accepted Nancy's whatever this is at this point. He's like, yeah, I'll get you a case file. I just love them working together. Me too. It's it's cute. I just, I just watched that scene and it kind of gave me flashbacks to like Nancy and Carson or like, yeah, Nancy and Carson in the books of how they weren't always at opposite. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now they're back together and they're kind of a family. And I'm like, I just love this for the Drews. Yep. It's been nice. We talked about that recently on a different podcast and on a different episode about how it's nice for them to be getting along because we haven't really actually seen that on the show. They kind of start out contentious and every time they would have the opportunity to like come together, something would immediately happen literally in the next scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll never forget that episode where Carson gets arrested like he and Nancy have that really good moment and then he gets arrested. Still breaks my heart. I'm near tears just thinking about it. I and then just... she gets him out of jail and then she found out that he had lied <laughs> about her parentage. And it's like, man, they can't catch a break. <laughs> they really can't. I just, I can't help but wonder what the relationship was when she was solving those cases when she was younger, like how much help did he give her? Like, well, like, and seeing the, the, the possibility of what that could have been like now that they're older and working together. Right. And he's mm-hmm. really um, was so unsupportive for a while at the idea of her becoming an investigator. And now is like working with her, helping her out using his connections that he's built over his career. I think it's really sweet that, this is what she's good at. Like, this is something that she excels in. And she's it not makes just her happy. good at it. She's the best at it. Like, I know. A, yeah. He just and wants just her to be so happy, though. She's and better than the FBI. Seriously. It's true. <laughs> it's true. She's better, definitely better than Tamora. <laughs> we, we then cut to Nick's new loft. It's very, very nice. Like, I guess when Carson had it, I wasn't really paying close attention because he's like older. So I'm like, oh, he could totally afford something like that. But it just reminded me that seeing such a young person own a place like that, I'm like, "Mm, he loaded. I was like envious. Like I never could, I could, I'm technically older than all of these characters and I could never, okay? Just put that out there. It's a really nice place. But George is helping him christen the loft eyebrow wiggle. And Nick is looking at the stuff on the flash drive. So we still have the flash drive. We're still working on helping to build a case around Everett, even though he is in prison at the moment. And he discovers that there's a person called the Saint who was a connection of Tiffany's that 
claimed he had evidence of Everett's murderiness. And they used to contact one another through a mailbox on Carriage Road. And he's reconnected with them and planning to meet them at the food festival that day because he wants that evidence of Everett being murdery. So if they can get the proof, he can take it to the DA and it will help even more against Everett in his trial. And so that's kind of going to be Nick's beeline story this episode is he is still trying to find enough evidence to put Everett away. As we'll find out later this episode, Everett has been slowly dismantling his case, I guess is the best way to put it. So it's, it's definitely the, the nicest way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so that's why Nick is so desperate to still find something, right? Yeah. And, and like, and they've mentioned it a couple times in this episode, nothing's a sure dunk with Everett, right? He has so many connections in so many places that you have to have like plans A through like triple A because you need to go through the alphabet three times. <laughs> Just imagine him as like a puppeteer and everybody just as puppets. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. He does. I think I think it's the accurate of way of looking at it. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay. You're not wrong. <laughs> but George gets a text message. Her clams have been delivered. So at this food festival, there is going to be a clam chowder cook-off and George is determined to win it. And so her fresh clams have been delivered and she is off to the claw. Where Bess already is. And finds she finds a letter in her locker from Odette. So Bess and Odette have been passing love letters. Oh my gosh. And I thought this would be so much cooler if she had her own fucking body. Yeah. I, said, I so like Odette. So. It's I really like cute. And I feel so gross for even remotely liking it. But like mm-hmm. just the idea of Odette and Bess doesn't bother me, even though Odette is like 300 years old. Um, but, and was like an evil sea entity, but, uh, beyond her control. I mean, accurate. She had a tragic life and you know what? Same girly. I would also murder beyond control if that were my life. She deserves happiness and best deserves happiness. And it truly is. And, and I just, that it's like the world's most awkward love triangle when there isn't like one of the corners doesn't even want to be involved. Okay. (laughs) George, is, that, is it a triangle or kind of like a square? Oh God, with Nick, mm. ah. <laughs> it's, it's just—it's so confusing. It's confusing. It's not even really—is it not really either, right? Because George and Nick don't want anything to do with Bess and Odette. They just well, coincide. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a great question. I mean, this would all be great if we could just get Odette her own body. Yes. So for it. I am on board. Do they that just train. like, in theory, if this were to happen, do they look for a freshly dead body or are we talking just over? I want us to find a way to restore her. She's hot. Odette's hot. She is hot. I'm thinking we have all those lockers of all of those hidden like cursed objects. One of them's got to be able to do something. So right? They have all. Yeah, God damn it, Hannah. Stop being selfish. <laughs> so selfish we just want Odette to have a body okay literally just want Odette and Bess to be happy and here you are keeping all of those evil artifacts away from being used how it's dare just, terrible. just think about it you know it'd be a great show it'd be Odette and Bess <gasps> spin off and then 
but in the style of the real world yes but then we also have nick and george together and then we get nancy and ace and then we need a new character for amanda and we'd be set yes thank you for saying that because i love amanda bobsey (laughs) i do i love her i love the actress who plays her i love her character and I know in episode nine, I really go to town on how much I hate Gil because I do hate Gil. He's terrible and he's an asshole. But I love Amanda. We can just She's let great. Gil go fall in a hole. Oh, you should see some of my notes that I have about Gil. I know I posted some of them on Twitter. That's just a, did. That's an excerpt. You should see my uh, episode 13 notes on Gil. Oh, all right. Anyway, I don't have that many notes. That he's just a blip on my radar. We don't have any. I can't believe you don't feelings. hate him. I just think he's there. I don't think anything about him at all. She's but, probably, but I mean, she's probably living the better life, not thinking about the asshole. Well, I I can't help it when again, I'm around someone like that. Brain. When I'm around someone like that, I just get irrationally angry. It's fine. Okay, we see Ace and Grant again, and they are looking for equipment, right? Because they're going underground into the fallout shelter. Nancy says it's unstable. And Grant makes a really offhanded comment that I still made a note of because it made me so sad. But he thinks it's cool that they have storage, because he and his mom constantly just get rid of stuff because they're always moving around and it makes you really kind of appreciate right the small things like the fact that you know here in a couple weeks when it's October oh god I guess that's next week but when it's October I'm gonna go downstairs and grab my orange tote bucket thing that has all of my fall decorations in it and bring it upstairs and he doesn't have that and that makes me sad but as someone who lives with a hoarder, I kind of wish we had less stuff, but also, like, <laughs> well, I mean, I have stuff, but it's like neatly organized in color-coded boxes. Oh, no. labels. We, we just don't have space anymore, but like, yeah, it's, it's kind of brings you the kind of the difference of life that they, that these brothers yeah. have. And it kind of reminds you why they're just not clicking immediately, despite the fact that they're half siblings like Grant hasn't had that much stability, you know, other than his mom. And here Ace has like this wonderful, stable family. Like his mm-hmm. mom's really sweet. His dad's really supportive. Like he's lived in the same house his whole life in the same town. That in kind suburbia. Of, yeah, in suburbia. His father's revered, right? He's the the OG initial hero of Horseshoe Bay, right? Like even before Nancy. Yep. Like he has this kind of idyllic life yeah, and then there's Grant sure. who's just like oh yeah I'm in Witsec and we move around all the time my mom's currently being threatened and yeah it's just like, that's so different their lives is. are so different and it I I thought that it was like I said it was a throwaway line but I thought it was very cleverly placed by the writers to kind of highlight even further the differences between Ace and his brother but Ace is looking through all of their storage. He doesn't actually have any equipment, 
which is cute because he told Nancy like he had it and he was just trying to impress Nancy (laughs) and he goes to his house and he has his box of Hanukkah decorations and he's like we can totally work with this look tunnel cleats and (laughs) all the splunking items exactly but while they're looking Ace's mom comes in and asks them if they're going to the food festival she offers them cookies and Grant takes one he's so sweet with Ace's mom and then Tom walks in and Shannon was great in this scene the way he just kind of like deer in the headlights and it, he was like a different person interacting with Ace's mom versus then, Tom. Yeah, in my notes, it just says Shannon is so, so good. And he I is. put Shannon was great in that scene. See? <laughs> because great you mind. can also just see like the subtle changes that Shannon made in his facial expressions. And it was so slow, but also so smooth. And it just, I just was in awe. Yeah. yeah he, and he's so bashful all of a sudden. Yeah. And there's something about that subtle acting that sometimes gets overlooked. Like some people look for those bigger moments to really showcase their ability. But I think the better actors, the good, the great ones, right? Live in subtlety, live in the smaller, finer details. And Shannon is one of those people. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him in a couple of things at this point. And he always has done that. Um, And it reminds me of uh, Tunji. He's Mm -hmm. the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you and they often get overlooked, right? And said that they're like average actors, not like bad, but not great, right? Because they don't get those big moments very often because their strengths lie elsewhere. But I think those are that's the the finer bits of acting lives in those kind of like the average moments where like people can't even tell who where you end and where your character begins because you're just so good. Yeah. He was really great in this scene. And so they introduced Grant to Tom and just introduced him as like a friend from the restaurant, obviously, because Grant had frozen and Ace was kind of giving, giving him an out, right? He, he recognized that Grant maybe just wasn't ready to say anything quite yet. And we cut then to Celia and Nancy. She's confronting Nancy about her being the reason Everett is in prison and we learned that the witness, Bashir, from season one, has had unforeseen visa issues. Subtext of that, that was unspoken, being now that Owen is dead, right? Yeah, because Owen was going to give him his, his papers. Yep. And so Celia, now that Bashir is not there to be a witness, basically the only thing holding that case together against Everett is Nancy's testimony. And she basically wants Nancy to lie about it and to recant her testimony to get Everett off the charges. And this is how she's going to prove her loyalty to Everett so that he won't kill her. And Nancy says, no, she's like, my credibility would be destroyed. Like, that's a lie. Why? I'm not going to do that. And Celia tells her to reconsider it and tells her that it's wonderful. It really was wonderful to see her. And it kind of makes you wonder after that whole experience with Nancy, where they both you know, didn't have their memories. Does Celia uh, actually have like a soft spot for Nancy? Like she does seem genuinely concerned that ever yeah. kill her. I think, I think it's safe to say that. Yes. Cause if she wasn't concerned or didn't care for Nancy, I think she would have found a way to tell Everett by now, because it is dangerous keeping a secret like this from him. Yeah. But uh, Celia's smart. So I, I can, 
see her like fending that off for a little bit, but she's, she's not that smart. Like she would totally save her own skin if she cared or if she could, and she doesn't want to for a reason. And I think part of it is that like, she remembers a person she could have been that she should have been. Right. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel kind of bad for her at this point. I was just like, you know, I just, I, I want to love Celia at this point, almost as much as I love Ryan. Like at this point, I'm like hundred percent on Nancy dad's train and I'm all in for Ryan <laughs> and I want to be there for Celia, but I can't just yet. And it's making me anxious and sad. <laughs> Yeah, I think she just, it's very obvious that she wants a granddaughter. She loves the idea of a granddaughter and of Nancy. And she seems genuinely concerned that Everett is going to kill her. And she does not want that to happen. So she leaves this with Nancy and she says, you know, just think about it. We see Ace and Grant come back. Grant is asking Ace, you know, has Tom always been deaf? And Ace explains that, no, he was in an accident. And he, Grant asks Ace, you know, should I have told him? I kind of just panicked. And so we learned, and I, I mean, I felt like that was obvious without the writers actually telling us that he panicked, right? But it was a nice moment between Ace, Ace and Grant where they kind of get to bond over this, I guess, anxiety that Grant has about meeting his dad. Yeah, I feel like that scene was less about making something explicit and more about uh, putting them on the same page as siblings. Like, mm-hmm. though it was very obvious to even Ace himself, like he could tell that he was panicking, having a moment of conversation and honesty. It's one thing to know, and it's another thing to know, right? Having something be explicitly said. And that that was, I think, less so for the audience, uh, and way more so for us to, to, to see a moment of like vulnerability from both of them, yeah. because at that point, I don't think they've had much of that, especially from Ace's side. Like Ace hasn't been vulnerable with Grant at this point, not yet. Yeah. Um, but sharing that story about his dad and all that stuff kind of puts them on. on you that mean Ace day. sharing his love for the Back in Black album is not... <laughs> a hugely vulnerable moment you know what it might be for ace i don't know how much he loves that album but isn't that the one he talked about he talked about one of the acdc albums i didn't write it down uh, maybe i can't remember either way honest with you and he said it was the greatest (laughs) album of all time and i'm I'm, that's a little bit of a stretch my my i'm like there's been a lot of music (laughs) sure We then see George and Jesse and George has recruited Jesse into making her clam chowder for the clam chowder cook-off and Jesse completely ditches her because she will not kill the clams. She says, yeah, I just can't do it. Cause remember Jesse's the one that wants to be a marine biologist, right? And that was she so, wants yeah, to be. Something like that. Yeah. So she will not kill the, uh, kill the clams and she leaves the kitchen. Bess comes in. And George is cooking the clam chowder and she's kind of humming that French song under her breath. So Bess comes in thinking that George is Odette and starts to talk about the letter. And then George turns around and it's George and Bess runs off scared. And I just, how did she think that that was Odette cooking clam chowder? I, I don't know. Ask it, but 
Because, like, she knew that George was the one cooking the clam chowder for the cook-off. I, I don't think – Bess is smart, but I don't think Bess was using her brain in this scene. No, I think she's just she – was, she was just eager to, like, have a conversation about the letters. Um, and also, I mean – Odette, I, I think Bess is the, the only one that, that finds Odette to be helpful, like to, to like bring something to the table versus everyone else sees Odette as an annoyance. So to Bess, maybe she's thinking Odette understanding and hearing things gets that this clam chowder is important and she's just giving a helping hand versus I think everyone else would just assume it was George. Well, and it could be that Bess is really the only one at this point who knows Odette is trying to be helpful because George at this point still doesn't know. She finds out later this episode. Yeah. But and, um, Bess was just more ruled by her emotions than her brain in this scene because she really does like Odette. Yeah. I like Odette. I don't blame her. I don't either. Yeah, great. I could have Odette on my couch and like we can sit here and watch TV and just like learn about things. Yeah, seriously. Tell me she, all about how the period films are inaccurate. Are inaccurate. Yes. And, and she can help me with my French and like we can yeah. bond over that and buy me a bird. I'm good with it. I, I had birds growing up and they're not as fun as pets in my opinion. It's okay. It might accidentally go out the door and be released into the wild and that would be fine. I, too. I have lost birds that way and it's not a happy thing. <laughs> so <laughs> she comes in, she panics after she realizes it's Odette. She leaves. George calls Nick to kind of get an update on one another. And Nick is at the food festival thing. Ryan comes in with some of his friends. So Nick is thinking, you know, one of them might be the source he's looking for. And it seems like one of them is going to be. And then it turns out to be a false alarm. So Nick still has not found the source at the food festival. We then we then see the district attorney, Rosario. Hi, Allie. Yanda. We literally hey, cannot get Erica away from Sarah. that first show. Did, no. did you clip out when you saw Erica Sarah? Uh, a little bit. I've seen her in a lot of, she's always one of my favorite guest stars because she's, she's always working and is in a lot of things that I've seen. Mm -hmm. So it's always, it's always like less of like, who is she? And more it's like, when is she going to come up? You know? Yeah. She's the where's Waldo. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yep. in my life, where's Erica? <laughs> yup. But I did enjoy see, seeing Erica. And the first time I watched this episode, I did literally out loud say, Allie. I did too. <laughs> like, hey. I did not say that, but uh, the thought did cross my mind after the fact. I was like, oh, right. You know, I'm trying to forget that other piece of, of television. Well, yeah, terribly. Same. So. Uh, but yeah, it's always lovely to see her and she's so great. I, I, she's, I think also one of those actresses that there's a reason why she's always working. Cause she's, she's, she does a good job and, and she's probably all of the thing. really great to work with. I'm sure her references are impeccable. True. She seems like a lot of fun. Yep. yep. So we're at her office. Carson is there to help her carry boxes in. I mean, that's not why he's there, but he does it because he's Carson and he's never done anything wrong in his life. It's and not, you, you don't think it's because she has a pretty face? Nope, absolutely not. She mentions that Nancy is the linchpin in her case against Everett now, thanks to Bashir being 
you know, unvisaed. And so Carson says, speaking of how my daughter is making your case, can you look into this case for me and get me the case file? And it's the one for Grant's mom. And she says she remembers it. So she's going to look into it and try and find the case file. So Carson is using his connections, but really in this instance, I think it's technically Nancy's connection. And a little bit his charm. We kind of see Carson flirt a little and it's just like- um, Carson is always charming. <laughs> yeah, but this is purposeful charm. Like I feel like there's a difference between him just being just himself and himself being charming and then him turning on the charm. And it's so weird because he's such a dad. <laughs> and I, I like, and I, but I don't think Allie cares. I think Allie just sees the charm from Carson and she's just like, oh, you know, the le- level of hatred I have for Gil, the other end of the spectrum is Carson. <laughs> Hear that first. Where's Scott? Where is our like, okay, we felt so betrayed when Melissa got her like, and- I was so sad. I mean, I was, happy for Mel- I was happy for Melissa, okay? But all I'm just saying is Scott Wolf needs to leave you a like or a comment or something. Follow you back. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just not on my level yet. Um, Apparently. I feel like this is what happens when you guess Lucy right. Like when you know Lucy's Nancy's mom, you get a like from Scott Wolf and we missed, we failed. We failed that. But I bet you five bucks. I have turned every person who's listened to this podcast into Carson Drew fans. So, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but, but can Carson know. do that himself. I mean, yeah, he could have, I just helped, but it he alone. did it. <laughs> I just helped it alone. Helped it alone. All I'm All right. saying is that Carson's the dad of dads. Carson, the dad of dads is flirting with, uh, the district attorney i have no idea what her name is rosario um, rosario because in my head it's just always erica um (laughs) i just think Allie. um and i'm just like this is that's hardcore though he's on like johnny depp level for you like you see johnny depp in a movie and you're like oh look johnny depp that's what erica sarah is for you oh look there's erica at this point, I do you know how many times I've seen her on my television screen. I do like, not. Do- it's literally, I think she's been in like dozens of shows. You are I've the watched. keeper of the count. So <laughs> why aren't you counting? <laughs> Tell us, Teresa, how many episodes? When I tweet at Erica and I'm like, this is how many times I've seen you in my screen. Um, the last time, the last thing I've seen her in was Smallville because I did a rewatch of that not that long ago. I did a rewatch of Smallville recently too. Because yeah, it's a that. great show with a great slow burn and it ended appropriately. We then see Nancy, Grant, and Ace, and they have found the fallout shelter in red, whatever that place is. Ace is still trying to find something they have in common as they are looking underground. And Nancy's like, Can we save this for another time? Like this game thing that you're doing? Like, can, can we save this? But Grant finds a box lodged into the wall. And again, very conveniently found. It was just right there. It wasn't even hidden. Nope. <laughs> it was just in the wall. He pulls it out. Ace, you know, gives him the tool to get it out of the wall. And everything starts to shake and no one seems to notice because they're so concentrated on getting in the box, 
inside is an old gaming device. And before they can get out, because I would have gotten the box and gotten out, but before they can get out, because they're so distracted, the ceiling caves in, Nancy pushes Ace away and tells him to run. She's able to pull Grant the other way and they're all safe, but Nancy and Grant are both trapped on the other side of the debris. So they use stuff random, all that random shit that they found in Ace's garage in his backpack to somehow secure the beams enough for Grant and Nancy to go through. And okay. there's a really nice moment where Grant lets Nancy go first and then Ace pep talks Grant to get him through or whatever. But how, I just want to go back real quick. How did Nancy think of all this shit off the top of her head while things are like falling from the ceiling? <laughs> was that your question, Melissa? Okay, that was one of them. And the other one was, where did the car jack come from? The backpacks. The backpack. <laughs> I was just like... It came from Florence, okay? Don't disrespect Florence. Um, I had the same question because we were all making fun of Ace earlier with his lack of gear. And then he comes up with all of the gear that they magically need, okay, to survive. Yes, exactly. And that's truly talent. And that's Ace, you know? And it's Just all random odds and ends that somehow Nancy is able to quickly be like, oh, use this to do this. And, this. and I'm like. Yeah, and I'm just like, you would think it would be. You know, given that Ace has mentioned this several times this season that he's an evil scout, I was like, where where was the scouting happening here? Okay, you let the girl just, I mean, she is smarter than you, but it's like you took no charge of anything. Like, did you not? Uh, I don't know. It was just so strange. And, you know, if I ever am stuck somewhere, I'm, I would want Nancy Drew with me because she clearly, literally always has a plan, no matter what. And I also just think about you know, when Nancy and Ace become a thing, Nancy's definitely going to wear the pants in the relationship. As she should. As she should. Yeah. Well, that's because Ace trusts her. Mm-hmm. He's ride or die, Nancy Drew. He is. Ride or die. Same. I would be surprised if he's the one running the Twitter account. The at Nancy Drew News? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be a season three reveal. We're going to figure that one out. But they make it out. Not- <laughs> it's Watch it be Gil. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Shut your drunk mouth. Isn't that what? I will throw things at the writers. <laughs> Absolutely You will show up not. at their house with three people and a dog. I would accept Amanda. Amanda for 500. Yes, I, I would accept Amanda. But I put uh, uh, after this scene and they make it out safely. I put love my hearty boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> because they're hearty boys. Don't have me. They are. Anyways, they barely make it out, but they do. Ha, hallelujah. Nick is still at the food festival. He runs into his accountant. And this whole thing right here, let me me pause. This is like a 60 second scene that only exists to name drop Old Navy. Like, oh, okay. It kind of sets up for what he decides to do. He kind of sets up what he's going to do later with the apartment building kind of, but not really because he runs into his accountant and his accountant's like, people want to know your story. And Nick's like, I'm not sure. And he's like, you're more than, you know, your prison sentence. Look at all these things you've got going for you. And I know the girl in charge of old Navy job mentorship program. 
Old Navy logo in the background. And I'm just like, it's not enough that they all wear Old Navy clothes. Now you have to, you have to name drop the Old Navy. Me literally background. just in Old Navy right now, just wearing all of everything from Old Navy. Which is my whole outfit. No hate to Old Navy. I love Old Navy. Like we had that conversation in season one about Rockstar jeans. Old Navy, you were a product placed in Nancy Drew, a sponsor of podcast. You know, I wear your pants all the time as Same. I'm currently doing right now. Yep. I mean, I'm not right now. I'm wearing Athleta, which is also owned by Gap Inc. So, you know, Gap Inc. Just Gap Inc. You should just sponsor us. You know? Hit us up. I work there halftime on the weekends. It's, it's I great. I'm here in my Nike. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, Melissa. <laughs> I just need you to know that both Allison Felix and Simone Biles, Olympic gold medalists, both left Nike to come to Athleta which is a Gap Inc. brand. Okay, so we're moving on. <laughs> Ace, Grant, and Nancy all walk into the, into the Drew house and Carson turns around and he's like, hey, and he sees them and they're all covered in dirt and soot and all these things. And he's like, good hike? Because Nancy had told him they were going for a hike. But he does have the case file from Grant's mom. He gives it to Nancy. Carson tells Nancy that he is proud of her for her testimony against Everett. And she kind of half looks at him and like, mm-hmm. Because <laughs> her situation just, with Celia. Yeah, I just, my heart broke a little bit because that's when I knew how this episode was going to end. Yeah. This moment. And I just, Carson's look of just pride. He was just so proud that his daughter was like being- Bringing you know, down this crime lord. Yeah, something he's probably been wanting to do forever, mm-hmm. uh, being the, the ex-lawyer. Um, I mean- And I he, like, that's the family he was saving her from. And so yeah. for her to grow up and be the one to put them oh. behind bars. I mean, not the, not to be this person because I know you love Carson, but I was like, Carson, you should have done something way long ago. Like you could have. Stop that. He was too worried about his baby. Okay. Not, he was yeah. his priority. Uh, which I understand, but that baby is now a grown ass adult. You, you, they could have literally worked together on this. But beyond that. Uh, <laughs> we don't accept Carson slander. No, no Carson slander in this house. It's not no slander. slander. It's no just slander. honesty. I still love him. He's still the dad of dads and literally the best father figure on this goddamn show. I think yeah. we should get him a best dad in the universe mug. <laughs> <laughs> she did not go there. She did. And you know what? I kind of agree. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of shade that we give on this podcast that is so like just enough that we won't get sued <laughs> why would we get sued like i don't know you'd have to, it has to be inaccurate first of all that we're just speaking truth here <laughs> true um shout out again to that uh the person that wrote us on twitter the other day shout out to you <laughs> uh, i think holly holly and holly, Savannah. Yes. <laughs> we shouted out to holly last episode but we're gonna shout it out again because kendra spirits so anywho, uh, they, he gives them the case file for Grant's mom. They watch the video of the witnesses, including Grant's mom. And they turned on an organization they worked for called the Holt Group. 
And one of the witnesses on the video is actually Daniel West. And they know that because he introduces himself. It's also the guy in the window from earlier. And they figure out, or Ace figures out, because he's so, what is it Nancy said in the Bride episode? You're so smart, Ace. I don't care what anyone thinks. Because <laughs> he's so smart. He figures out that the gaming device is actually a device for hackers to kind of encrypt. And so Nancy thinks that the device had the list of witnesses. Because in the video, uh, Grant's mom elects to no longer name the names of the witnesses that were going to help in the case because she fears for their lives. So she's essentially throwing herself under the bus for all of these witnesses. And they open the gaming device. There's a riddle with a passcode. But Ace notices that with the type of passcode it is, if they get it wrong, even one time, it'll erase the contents. So they've got to get it right. And who better to try and figure out the answer to a riddle that uh, Grant's mom put in like 20 years ago than the person that knew her 20 years ago. So they've got to go to Tom. And I think they had been trying to avoid involving Tom this whole time. But now it, it can no longer be avoided. So it's Obviously. all going down at the food festival. Everybody is there now. And I just have to say, out of all of the Horseshoe Bay little things that they do, this one is my favorite because there's food. Food involved. And it's just for food. Yeah, I was like, this is the most normal of yes. all the things we come across. We have these. I was like, oh, yeah, I... I've been to a food festival. Mm -hmm. Although the clam chowder cook-off kind of threw me a little bit. because A I little just beachy. Yeah, I imagine a lot of it just mainly, be, like, I, I live in or Kansas now, but we did chili cook-offs. Yeah, I guess it's a beach thing, you know, clam chowder. We do barbecue in North mm -hmm. Carolina, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Really we're kind of famous for barbecue like if you ever read those articles about what is your state famous for North Carolina is barbecue it's hardcore but anywho I'm off track I'm off track I'm off track everybody got distracted by the food festival I know I get distracted by food so everyone's at the food festival Nancy walks in she sees Celia Celia texts her from across the room about you know are you gonna recant your testimony and nancy texts her back and says no she's not going to so celia walks out very clearly frustrated grant has realized that tom and his mom had to separate because their relationship was forbidden and he confides this in ace and he also confides that he wants to tell tom or not to ace to nancy he's having this conversation with nancy he wants to tell tom but what would that do to ace's family right he doesn't want to break their relationship that they have because ace obviously has such a good home life and nancy tells him though you know it's not just about them you're also in this situation and you also have wants and needs so you've got to consider yourself also you can't just consider ace and his family and i thought this was great advice i mean yeah. you know yeah Nancy was really good at giving solid advice to a lot of people this season. Yeah, especially this episode. I feel like her and Grant really clicked. <laughs> like, I. Because I think she understood Grant. Yeah, for sure. Because the whole being lied to 
Yeah. Being yeah. lied to your whole life. And it was also, you know, very selfless advice given that she, she, and no one could blame her would have a clear preference for Ace and his happiness versus Grant's. Mm-hmm. And she kind of took him out of the equation, which is very big of her and mm-hmm. very mature because she really considered this moment from Grant's perspective and what he needs and like what, and he, he came all this way for a reason. And that reason is he probably wants the truth. And, you know, as someone who that's so important to Nancy, right. The truth that um, she really was like, go do it, man, go find the truth, whatever that is for you. And like, for you, if that's telling captain Tom that, you know, you're his son, then, you know, you have to do Mm. that. Well, and I think it's interesting too, because it's almost, Nancy is almost trying to give Grant what she never got. And that's to meet his father. Nancy mm-hmm. never got to meet her mm-hmm. biological mother. And so I think she understands that almost hole that he feels in his life of not knowing. And yeah. she probably does not want him to regret not telling Tom when he had the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that might be a regret. I mean, she technically got to meet Lucy, right? Her ghost is <laughs> haunting her. But um, I mean, Lucy did save her life that one time. Yeah, that is and true. So, but it's, I mean, clearly not not the same. And as someone yeah. who lost a mother, not like she lost a mother, not once, but twice. Like She's just trying to like push him to like not have the same regrets, right? Like she's like, I lost my mom once. And then I f- just figured out I had another mom and she was gone already. And so that's two times the pain. And you have this opportunity to like fill that void, even if for a little bit, given how this episode ends, um, and yep. it was a very, it was a really cute moment. And it's just, it ma- makes me love Nancy a little bit more. And I already do because she's just very honest and real and with Grant. Honestly, if you stop and think about it, like think about where Nancy was in episode one in the pilot and think about where Nancy is now. She has come such a long way. Yeah. A oh, really yeah. long way. Yeah, she's probably grown more than most of the other characters. Um, it's been like, a, it's, I think it's a good, you know, tie between her and George of like, who's really grown the most. But mm-hmm. I think we just spend more time with Nancy. We get to see yeah. it and appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. She is technically the main titular character. This show does a really good job of balancing all of those characters. They do. They, they do. do. I would call, see, and I, 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 I struggled saying that because I honestly, I categorize this show as an ensemble show. Mm-hmm. Even though she's the main. I mean, the show's name, she's a titular character, right? The show's mm-hmm. name's Nancy Drew, but I don't think people would bat an eye if they called the show the Drew Crew or something like that. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, I mean, go, even going on Twitter, it's, not all about Nancy like the amount of love that all of the characters get and there's not very many shows and I'm thinking of the one show in particular who cannot handle an ensemble Please. as well as Nancy Drew does we need to that can, that needs to be another count we do Teresa how many times we shade that one show <laughs> and it's and I stand by what I tweeted okay it's the correct amount the right amount okay it just brings me so much joy okay <laughs> Also at the food festival, Jesse is still upset about the clams, but George is happy that they have sister time. 
And this is when she realizes that Odette has been bonding with her sisters. So when George goes to bed at night, Odette is helping George's sisters like with their French homework. She bought one of them a bird. Like she's teaching them all these different things and helping them with all these different things. And George had no idea, no idea that Odette was kind of putting herself in George's life in this capacity. I just, I love that. I do too. Like I, this is just another reason why Odette needs her own freaking body. Right? It's cute because um it's even it's it well it's cute just because Odette is trying but it's even cuter when you realize George is kind of jealous yep and and mad that her sisters like Odette so much Uh uh-huh and it's you know it's Odette could be doing anything right she could be doing anything she wanted when she is in George's body she elects to stay at George's house and bond with George's sisters and I think on a, a certain level It's because she genuinely cares about George. Like she said last episode, she made this vow, right? To keep George alive. And I think she, she feels like she isn't helping George. She wants to help George. She wants to improve her life. She wants to make her life better. And I think that's, I'm just so sad. I just want her to have her own body. Damn it. (laughs) Like she's, she's such a good character, but their um their chowder is very popular also we find in this season uh, in this episode so maybe they'll win the chowder competition or whatever that is nick is still looking for the saint so the person who is going to give him with the evidence and ace is there to find tom and he actually brings tom to the side and shows him the picture of tom with grant's mom and tom immediately is like whoa like how do you know about this woman and ace is like you listen dad i can't i don't have time for that right now i need you (laughs) i need you to tell me what this riddle means and the riddle turns out to be lauren hill lyrics yes it well it's a reference to lauren hill's lyrics (laughs) yep it's a reference to lauren hill's lyrics and he tells ace that it's the music that they listened to the last night that they were together and ace flips over the picture and realizes that the date on the back of the picture is the last night they were together and is also the correct number of numbers they need to crack the riddle. So he calls and tells Nancy the numbers for the date. And yes, the device ended up containing the witness list. So they're talking about options. If they hand over the list, obviously everyone on that list is going to die. But if they don't, then Grant's mom dies. But before they can come up with an answer, Ace is taken hostage by Daniel West. (sighs) I mean, did we see this coming? A little bit. I mean, it made sense. It's the person who kind of has been driving this investigation even more than Nancy at this point, just because his skill set has been very valuable and similar to what uh, what I imagine Grant's mother's skill set was, right? Her. I kind of, I kind of figured, right, mm-hmm. that something, that something was going to happen to him. Yeah. That does not make this scene any less sad or any less like emotional for me to watch it happen. I know because Ace looked like like Bambi. 
I know. And you're just like, oh, Ace is too pure for this. Please don't take him hostage. Like, take George. Take George. (laughs) Yeah, like, I did not feel this way when George and Nancy were taken hostage literally a handful of episodes ago because they're both tough girls. And I'm like, whatever. Nancy could definitely wiggle her way out of this one. George could probably fight better than anybody. Have you seen her in her crowbar? Like, she's also, also, though, right? Ace's, like you said, Ace's skill set is easily the most valuable one other than Nancy's natural, like, Nancyness. <laughs> easily their most valuable skill set besides yeah. Nancy, besides, besides Nick's besides, wallet. And, you and know, Nick's wallet. <laughs> this scene also just shows, like, Ace and Grant being brothers because now we know where the innocent side of Grant comes from. It's from Tom oh. because Ace has it too. I mean, yeah. look at Tom. Look at him. Tom is really cute. And he has those same, the cast, they really do know how to cast the eyes. For this it's show. Really the eyes. It's oh the eyes. God. And I just, they do seem, and I know they're not like helpless. I mean, these are grown adult men, you know, and Ace looks pretty tall. <laughs> like, oh, he's very tall. Wait, isn't Alex Saxon? He's six. How tall is he? Someone, I mean, that that it's not gonna help me. I'm literally five two. Everyone is tall. Um, okay, but all- he's like something real ridiculously tall. He's like he looks tall. <laughs> six foot. Okay, he's six foot. I was thinking he was like six two or something like that, but okay, oh six God. foot. Still really six tall. Foot's still tall. Still tall. Um so I'm like I know he's not tall. helpless, but there's something about him that makes me really protective of him. I'm five two. It's has the no eyes. upper body strength. I cannot take any any kidnapper. But the I feel eyes like and I the really soft hair. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I could take on them better than Ace could, and I want to protect him at all costs. At all costs. Yep. I feel the he same way about like Nick, that. and I'm sure he's also really tall. <laughs> Nancy and Grant are still waiting for Ace. When Daniel calls Nancy on Ace's phone and Nancy answers the phone, she's very concerned. She's like, you know, what happened? Where are you? And she realizes that it's Daniel. She puts him on speakerphone and he tells him that he has taken Ace hostage. And the only way he's going to let him go is if they bring the witness list. So Grant wants to ask Tom for help. And Nancy says, uh, excuse me, he is an ex-cop and a U.S. Marshal. And I am not risking Ace's life like that. And Grant's like, okay, so we need somebody to help us. And all of a sudden she says, yeah, but we need someone who doesn't play by the rules. And the second she said that, I was like, oh. I was like, what is she going to ask? I was like, why? And like I said, I kind of knew where it was going, like way before this with her conversation with Carson, but it still doesn't hurt any less. Yeah. When it it happens putting into yeah. motion the but things that are happening. I understand what she was doing. I get why she was doing it. I'm oh, not absolutely. even mad that she did it. And because I think even after she makes the decision, she still would do it again. Yeah, like she she totally is fully aware of the consequences, what this is going to do to her. She's been thinking about this this entire episode. It's not like she's not aware of her actions. She's not like... Again, she's Nancy Drew. She's smarter than most people on this show, if not the smartest person on the show, right? And like- I was going to say, who's smarter than her? I don't know. I, um, <laughs> just asking for a friend. Asking for uh, a friend. Like, whatever the secret twist is, I, I have 
no idea. I haven't oh, finished the season. Oh, 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 oh. She brought up the twist, <laughs> Melissa. She brought up the twist. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I won't, I don't know. I'm not gonna, Melissa. You're probably know. not gonna know. <laughs> You're no, not. it's literally, Melissa's gonna keep her magic wizard wand that she earned rightfully. And I will just be the dum-dum, but it's fine. But, but on, don't feel dumb about not knowing this twist. I feel, feel I'm still going to feel dumb. Don't feel dumb. Nobody knew it. Okay. Let's get back to it. But we got distracted. Um, No, she knows what she's doing. She's fully aware of all of the consequences that will, that are about to happen the moment she makes this call. She does it anyway, because she knows it's the right call. Like even if those 12 ghosts, right? The, the Bonnie Scott murders and, and the things that she promised Owen and all of that, she's, that's but they're already dead like there's only so much help that you can give them right there's only so much justice that they can get yeah ace is alive mm-hmm. are you really gonna pick 12 ghosts over a, a, a person who's alive you like know, no I no one's gonna thought of it that way i appreciate that point of view yeah i was just like no one's gonna makes pick- me feel less guilty for being like yeah babe you go get ace like because no, like- that was all i was thinking about well and I also think about it of like, she's making that phone call and I, and I think she possibly could in the back of her mind be thinking, I need to do this to save Ace's life because if she doesn't, Ace dies, she can't go back from that. Whereas (laughs) she makes the phone call and whatever like repercussions happen after that phone call, she still will have time to try and like undo some of that. She can't do death. Yeah, she she might be able. There's still a there's other ways to bring down effort. I was going to say also she she didn't have like even though if ever it gets off this charge right there are other things she can get him on and if anyone yeah. is going to find them it's going to be Nancy bless Nick and Ryan like they they try they had to try but now are we all Nancy apologists right now I think we are. <laughs> I I'm like, listen. I didn't need to apologize for Nancy in this scene because the second she laid it all on the line for Ace, I was like, "Go get your baby, go get him, boo, go." <laughs> to be honest, though, what is there to apologize? For? There's not. I and I, I think that's it's why because I'm- everyone else after this episode and she makes this decision, you're gonna see that other people in the show are going to hold this. Then fucking dicks okay they're dicks like what the hell was she supposed to do we feel the need preemptively i'm just so mad at the idea that anyone would literally throw this in her face no one is more aware of what she's doing than nancy is like no one's gonna beat herself up more than nancy will like why are you fucking mean to her she was beating herself up as she was making the call yeah like i was she's been beating herself up all fucking season we literally talked about this like in the episode before like she's literally looking for ways to make herself miserable at this point like don't do it for her yeah (laughs) don't prove her right (laughs) yeah she doesn't need you okay she doesn't need you to make her miserable but so we we see her make the call we know without without the context of like them telling us we know she's calling celia because how many crime families does she know? I mean, well, kind of the Marvins, but you know, they're cut off from the Marvins now. Bess and George are back together and they're in their clam chowder booth. George finds a letter that Bess wrote to Odette. And she, I put the depth of passion. 
<laughs> because these love letters are so next level extra. George is horrified and she confronts Bess. And Bess is like, I don't know what that is. And she's like, really? How many people do you know that dot their eyes with hearts and sign their letters? Kisses Bess. <laughs> Everybody else named Bess. Obviously. It's a very common thing among among the besties, okay? (laughs) Well, Beth immediately apologizes and she's like, you know, we we didn't cross the line or anything. And basically they just have like emotional feelings for each other. You know, they've never actually done anything to compromise George's body. But George tells her to end it. And at that moment, the claw wins the chowder bowl and they get that really big trophy. And Odette comes out when Bess hugs her. And Bess is like, no, what are you doing? Go back, go back. (laughs) This is not the right time. And then it cuts off. It just, it's it's good that Jesse was the one that went and accepted the trophy. Because if Odette had come out on stage. Yeah, it would have been awful. Interesting. Definitely interesting. We see then Nancy and Grant, they're at some random warehouse thing as meetings between criminals always are. And Nancy looks up and see Ace hanging over the ledge of the building. And she goes up, she has the list of names and she tells him that she'll give him the list, but he should really consider what he wants. And so she's still trying to convince him at this point, right? to not do this because this is her last ditch effort to not have to owe Celia anything, right? She's at least got to try. And he is not having it. He tells them that this is his way to the road back. And he's kind of confused that Grant doesn't seem to know anything about it. And he tells them that they have no idea what they're up against, that the Hulk group that they turned on back in the day was all just a front for this organization called the way back the road back and he wants that list of people who fed the information to the cops so that he can give it to this organization so they will let him go like an exchange because he's tired of living in witsec essentially so this is all a selfish move on his part to have a normal quote normal life again because i just say Secret Societies has been my running gag the entire yeah. time since episode one. And guess it, it what happened? Yes, but you said there's two. Right now we have one. I yeah. am convinced if there's an evil secret society, there's a good secret society fighting the evil secret society. It always like comes in pairs. I mean, the Avengers? Tom Holland on Nancy Drew? Anyone? I'd, Ooh. I'd be okay with it as long as he brings Zendaya. I'd be okay with it. At this point, I'll take nothing surprises me at this point, you know, just or maybe even an RDJ, um, you know, Iron Man, Rise from the Dead. You know who, who would ask? Oh, spoiler be, alert. I was like <laughs> a little late, but and it, let's be honest, who hasn't seen Endgame? <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say if you're a Marvel fan and you haven't seen Endgame, it's been a while. Um, but, but I was gonna say the person who would actually fit in the most with the the like the the vibes of Nancy Drew is actually Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Ooh, the vibes. I do like Tom Hiddleston. I like Loki. Also. But um, yeah, Secret Societies has been my running gag. I at first thought it was just like a just it was gonna be like my my ghost Kate thing, just a gag. <laughs> 
the further along we got, I was like, I think this isn't a joke anymore. <laughs> I think this is accurate. <laughs> well, Ace is hanging from the building. He tells Nancy not to hand over the list. He doesn't want the witnesses to die. And I'm just like, you know what? Shut up. I need you to shut up right now. Like, <laughs> we're going to get you off this roof, friend. Okay. And Grant is like, no, we've got to hand over the list. And Nancy agrees, so she gives it to Grant. Grant gives the list. The asshole Daniel lets go of Ace, and he starts to drop, and they catch him. And I was like, if Ace had died after all of that, Nancy would have killed Daniel with her bare fucking hands. I would have jumped into the screen, and I would have. It would have been Daniel on like, like my Donkey bare Kong. fucking hands. <laughs> on I like w- Donkey Kong, it would have. Been- I would have flown to California with my cat since I don't have a dog and I would we would have picketed yeah it, it was it was it was not good but they did Ghost catch him. <laughs> they did catch him and they pull him back over Nancy tackle hugs him and that's the only way to describe him because she just like went in for the full Monty like full hug and she pulls back and Ace almost not almost Ace was shocked Ace was shocked. There was a level of shock to his reaction. It was kind of like his hands at first. He's like, oh, we're hugging. (laughs) And then he also hugged back. His hug. It was valid though, right? Because he's like, it it reminded me of the Bellamy and Clark hug. when, when, When Clark sees Bellamy from afar. And season two. They're both, yeah, they're both shocked that the other is alive and she tackle hugs him and he's like, wait, oh, we're hugging. And then he hugs her back. It was the same hug, y'all. Is it, it was. Wasn't it like season two, episode six? Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh God, it was the same hug. And I was like, we, you know we, what though? We, this show will not end like that show because we have good writers and a good <laughs> showroom and transparency, damn it. And Melissa and I were literally texting yesterday about this. And I was just like, as long as Nancy doesn't freaking kill Ace, I think we've won. (laughs) I mean, yes. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. But that was, it was the same damn hug. And I'm just It was. And I, I just remember when that hug happened and Twitter Twitter literally died and had to be resurrected. We were like, yes, hug. (laughs) It was so goddamn easy to please. And yet somehow still unsatisfied. You know why? You know why? Why? No, I'm just kidding. And Uh, then Grant is just standing there like, oh, it's the two heroes. He was the Octavia. He was the Octavia. (laughs) Can someone make this gift set for me, please? Someone make this gift set. Um, the two six hug between Bellamy and Clark with Octavia and the hug in this episode with Nancy and Ace and Grant. The like, best part uh, is that yeah. Shannon Cook was on both of those shows. <laughs> right? Right? The only good thing. The only good thing. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, she gives him a tackle hug and he is upset with her that she gave him the list. And she says, it's okay because Celia is going to follow him and get the list back and she promised she wouldn't hurt anybody and Ace is like you trust her with that like what she said and Nancy just like looks like taken aback and then wounded and then she looks at him and she's like I couldn't lose you 
So she genuinely, she's just like, I know, right? 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 Every every trope. Every trope. I love it. I just. I love it for me. And you and everyone. Because if we're going to make, if we're going to make that first reference, this takes me back to the CPR scene. (gasps) Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. I cannot. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, this was much more subtle than that, though. It was, and um, same same mood, (laughs) a little bit more subtle. Um, but that the whole scene of like Nancy being taken aback, I just I don't think I think it's deep 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 down inside Nancy kind of knows that the Hudsons don't half-ass anything, and it's probably someone's gonna get hurt. Um, and one of those people is going to be her, but. The the other thing is she probably didn't think about it too deeply because if she did, she might hesitate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because she was so focused on getting ace. She, she was so focused on getting, as she should be, right? Right. She was so focused on getting ace that um, she didn't have time or didn't allow herself the time to think about future consequences beyond the immediate gratification of seeing ace alive. And I can't say that I blame her because- if I were in her shoes, I know if I thought too deeply about it, I would hesitate enough that Ace's life would probably be in a little bit more immediate danger versus, you know, not being like, yeah, Celia's not going to hurt anybody. She gave me her work. I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to do this other thing right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of those things. Well, we see Ace and Grant together post Ace life in danger hanging from a building. And Ace says that he promises their next hangout will be less dangerous. And Grant says, well, you know what, buddy? Now that we're safe, we actually have to be relocated. And I have to go back into witness protection. And Ace, they have this cute little banter about frying grease and Ace not missing him. And I'm just like, I need Shannon to stay. But Nancy walks in and gives Ace the list back. Celia did retrieve it. Ace is looking into um the the road back right we find out that he and nancy have now started their own side project because of course they have they have their own private server and they're yeah. looking into the road the road back the secret organization that Teresa called and the people on the list will get killed like if that list gets out because apparently this organization is like a ride or die you're in this for life kind of organization kind of mob like kind of like Hudson Enterprises, kind of makes you think, hmm, are they the same thing? But probably they decide to keep all those people safe by putting the hacker Game Boy thing in one of the lockboxes in the archives of the Historical Society. Feels like a good place for it, unless Nancy goes in with a crowbar again. Um, I think she's learned her lesson. Uh, And I think Nick probably upgraded it anyways. Yeah, I was like, I don't think she'll be able to do that. Uh, But it's also something that I immediately thought like full circle, given how a lot of this started. And I, again, not to to like toot my own horn, but I was right about the secret societies. And I've been saying that the historical society is connected to the good secret society I've been, you know, Uh rooting for. So why not put it, even if unintentionally, in the uh-huh. care mm-hmm. of the good secret society. It's my thought process. <laughs> I enjoy your thought process. 
whether or not you're right or wrong. We then see Jesse and George and George is, and Jesse's like, congrats on winning sis. Look what I found. She found their grandmother's recipe. And apparently the reason why it has been gone all these years is because one of the people that used to work at the claw stole the recipe and made their own restaurant. And they've been winning the clam chowder bowl every year by using George's grandmother's recipe. And Jesse says, well, you know what? You didn't need it anyway. You want all on your own. But just to make sure that George wins, apparently that morning, Jesse went and released all of the clams that they had back into the wild. And they had to use canned clams. And that's why their clam chowder did not win because Jesse sabotaged them. Which I just love that. I just love that, right? And that is sisterhood. Yes, sister of the year. Because as much as George, like, you know, lords over her sisters, they love her. And Jesse knew how much George wanted to win this stupid clam chowder bowl. And so she made sure that it was going to happen. And I mean, she did it Jesse style too, which is even better. (laughs) Nick is also there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was like, it's just the sisters working together, bonding. Sisters. Yeah, it was. We had brothers and sisters bonding this episode. Anywho, uh, (laughs) dance break. So Nick never actually finds the saint. Um, He, I mean, at this point in the episode, he had not found it. And they're looking for the trophy when Nick sees across the room Ryan's second friend. And so he approaches him. And something about his ring on his finger, Nick realizes that he is the source. And he says, you know, I didn't approach you earlier, even though you were wearing the flower, which is how he identified him, because Ryan called you his friend. And Nick says, well, yeah, but is that a problem? It cuts immediately to Nick and Ryan. And he has the proof from the source, but everything is in Ryan's name. Ryan has never heard of any of the accounts, read any of those documents or every or anything, but turns out Everett actually has been setting Ryan up to take the fall for all of his criminal activity and had Ryan sign all the papers when he was a kid. And so now, if anything, remember I was telling you in the uh, premiere, Teresa, whenever it said that his fortunes were tied to Ryan, and I said, that seems really intentional. I was talking about this right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally uh, has set Ryan up. It so is if true. that ever it goes down. And, and this Ryan. just reminds me of a conversation we had last episode about Val unintentionally starting shit she just didn't think was gonna Uh happen because she thinks that Hudson's protect other Hudson's and I was like girl girly since when and this just proves that like Everett just cares about Everett and like everyone stop full stop and everyone Mm -hmm. else's fear of lying to him of keeping information from him of you know doing things that he just doesn't approve of is so much more justified than we could even imagine like the minutes that like Ryan showed any signs of rebellion of which he had many, right? Because he just was never a Hudson the way that Hudson's are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. He started planning this. He's like, yeah, you're going down because you're not the son I, I need. You're not the son that, that, 
the Hudson Enterprise needs. And uh, because of that, if yeah. I go down, you go down. Because he kind of, I think he could see that Ryan could possibly be Betray the, the thing that could bring him down as the insider. And I was just like, what an evil gives genius. You an, I was going to say, it gives you a new appreciation for Everett's brain. It does. It does. Truly. Um, you can see where Nancy gets it from. Uh, and she, she's but the, he 100% I'm going to give that to Ryan. <laughs> like, that's just disgusting, though. Ryan was a kid. Yeah. He just trusted that. his parents it, like any any child would when they said, oh, sign this. Don't you need to read it. And you're like, OK, yeah, you're my you're my father. You're my mother. Like, of course. Mm-hmm. It just like shows how little Everett thought of his own son mm-hmm. that he was going to let him take the fall for all of this shit. He I just and also kid. and this is also kind of sh- sheds light on like the criminal justice system like who in their right mind would think that a 15 year old boy was doing all of this on his own uh-huh. <laughs> but like no one's gonna care about that because the evidence just points to ryan no one's gonna think and also hard. most people just think of the hudson's as the hudson's right yeah ryan is a part of that we know that ryan is different but to most people, Ryan is just a cog in the machine. Like he is one of the Hudsons. Especially now that he's like come back. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Yeah. We then have a very emotional scene where Ace and Tom are at the claw and he tells him about Grant and tells him that Grant wants to meet him. And Tom already knows, like he says, the kid in the garage and we find out how he knows because then he meets Grant. Grant has learned sign language so that he can introduce himself to his dad. And he he tells him that he looks exactly like his mother. And it kind of makes you think, if you go back and rewatch when he met him in the garage, Tom's double takes when he sees Grant. Yeah. There's yeah. a double take. And so in this scene when he immediately knows who it is it's because earlier he had noticed that this kid looks a lot like you know his mom and this scene just made me cry all over again this morning at like 7 a.m it it was fine it was was fine it was a lot emotional reset because grant you know said he always dreamed about it and he never thought it would happen and Tom is so happy, but also Tom is such a good dad and he loves Ace so much. You know, you know, I know people like back in the day when this came out, people were discussing like, do we think Tom knows? And I'm over here in the void. Like, no, there's no way Tom knew that he had a kid. Like he's such a good dad. There's no way he knew that he had a kid. Yeah. The, the implication that he would be like a dirt bag to like leave his kid behind like where where ha- where's the evidence yeah we've kind not of had any kind of evidentiary support for that nope sure haven't but i put grant return for season three please <laughs> i please. also i also just love and this is my logistical side popping out but i loved how this sh- scene was shot 
because we, because we look with work with a lot of interpreters in healthcare. And so the way they positioned Ace in this scene was so well done because Ace is standing kind of back behind Grant. So Grant, like, so when we have those camera angles, we hardly see Ace until he's doing sign language. So we can actually see the sign language. Uh-huh. And it just was so well done. I just was in like awe when I was watching it again last night. Yeah, Sorry. it was, no, it was a great, it was a great scene. And I'm really sad that he has to go back into WITSEC. But seriously, all we gotta do is take home, take down the se- secret organization thing and he can come out of witness protection. No big. He makes it sound got so this. easy. <laughs> Nancy's got this decades of corruption, whatever. They don't stand a chance. But the last scene we have is Nancy. She has arrived at the district attorney's office. Erica Sarah is there. I mean, uh, Rosario is there. <laughs> and Nancy tells her that she is there to admit her, amend her statement. And she proceeds to basically rec- uh, recant everything using all the same language that Celia had used earlier. It was brutal. It was super brutal. And that was it. That was how it ended. And I think it just hurt Nancy to have to say those words. Oh, for sure. And everything about her body, this is again, kudos to Kennedy. You could tell it, it, she struggled to get those words out. It was painful Mm -hmm. to her. She was like physically trying to reject them. It was not easy. It was not easy. And oh, it was, yeah, as a viewer, that was, oh, it was brutal. Yeah, you hated to watch that. It was, it was not good. All right, on to Easter eggs. So this one might be a little bit of a stretch, but when I heard it, it made a light bulb go off in my head. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a reference to that. It's probably not, but I'm going to call it out anyways. Ace talks about how the, not Ace, Nick talks about the witness that they communicated with a mailbox on Carriage Road. And in the uh, Secret of the Old Clock, which is uh, technically the first Nancy Drew book, but I'm referring to the Nancy Drew game. There is a very prominent location called the Carriage House. And it's probably a complete coincidence, but my brain went, oh, Carriage House. Is it a reference? We may never know. But also it was really good on a side note to see the Hardy Boys in action this episode working together to solve that case with Nancy Drew. Yes, it was. Uh, yes, it was. Because they are Hardy means, Boys. Which just means Grant has to come back for season three. And be a regular. And we can hook him up with Amanda. <gasps> yeah. We got it. We got it. That way I can keep Amanda and Grant and Gil can just like go to rehab or like, you know, <laughs> something like that. You know, a place where he can learn to not be a dick. All right. Well, it, it worked with Ryan. <laughs> exactly. See? Let's move on to ratings. This episode, we are rating our episode on a scale of one to five hacker video game consoles. One being garbage, five being iconic. So let's go with Melissa. Oh, I have been going back and forth, but I think this is one of my more favorite episodes. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. Woo! Solid. Yes. I gave it that too. Hey! Really? 
I gave I it a 4.25. Hey, that's actually high for you. I know. That's really high. high. <laughs> I give away 4.25s like, you know, every other episode, but that's it's great. Hard. It's hard this- to, for me to get over a four. Uh, no, I know, you know, I told Teresa, you know, an episode, last episode or the episode before last, um, that when we first started watching this podcast, I ha- I knew in my head the episodes that were going to get the highest ratings because this is the one I remember the most. And this one I remembered because it was the Hardy Boys episode. That's what I called it in my head. I was like, oh, it's the Hardy Boys. <laughs> so it was, a, it was, it really was though. It was a good episode. It was strong. I felt like all of the ensemble had good storylines on their own. I love, love anytime we get some Jesse content, Jesse and George. They're so cute. Yep. I love that she was, you know, she went to the bat for her sister and made sure that she got that. We had, you know, Bess and Odette, Nick trying to take down the Hudsons, poor Ryan. And then we had Carson also. We just, all the players were here. It was, it was a really solid episode. And also, that Nancy and Ace content. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Wait heard, till you see the next episode though. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard things. Oh yeah. The next one is, uh, I, I, I refer to the next one as the Nace episode. So Nace Nation, get ready for episode 13. Hello. Coming soon. All right. Moving on to predictions. Okay, so my I'm going to start with the fun one, which is true romance. Carson and Rosario, like <laughs> love in the air. I, I feel like there's love a lot happening in this season and I'm here for it. I laugh, like, but on the inside, I'm crying. I just think it'd be cute. It's definitely a separate from creepy Karen. You know, we don't talk about Karen. Um, she so must not only, be named. Yeah, we can only go up from there. Um, and he deserves a little love in, like, now he was alone for a while, and now that he's made up with Nancy, I think it, now it's a good step in the right direction, right? Um, yeah. So I just think that'd be really cute. I'm mostly because I really like Erica and would like to see her come back and, you know, have a more substantial role. And so I would love for her to have a little connection to our Drew crew in that way. Um but yeah, I think it'd be really cool um, given what Nancy does and just currently did. And, you know, Rosario's a district attorney. So, um, but that being our lighthearted, I do think Grant's coming back. I know you guys are making it seem like he won't be back this season. I'd be surprised <laughs> if we don't see him at least once more this Throwing season before the end. Um, I just think it'd be, it's strange to one introduce a character like Grant um, and not utilize them to the fullest of his ability, but then cast someone like Shannon Cook for that role and then not have him appear multiple times. I feel like it's a waste. And I think Grant's coming back at least once more before the end. And I definitely think he'll be in season three if he's not dead by then <laughs> because he's still on my death watch list. Aw, he's still there? Why? I feel like this 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 episode has made him go down on the list, given that he's back in Woodsack. I um I do don't think he's the first person on my list to die. Uh, I think Val's in the most immediate danger of everybody that I've listed, but I don't think he's off it completely. That being said, you know, there's Tamora who's also on my death watch list. We really didn't see him at all. This did we? I don't think we saw him at all in this episode. Um, nope. but 
given the introduction of the road back, I'm starting to think that Tamora is specifically in Horseshoe Bay investigating them and the connection that the road back seems to have with Horseshoe Bay. Um, and so he, I think he thought that uh, our little crew had a connection to them and hence the immediate intense hate. But I think um, that he's, he's, his alternative motive is actually good and not evil. Uh, and I think maybe he's there investigating um, the road back or whatever it's they're calling the secret society in whatever organization Tamora is working for. And I think this is also a good opening to possibly see Elizabeth come back as a state hmm. police woman. Um, she did I'm, kind of disappear. She just disappeared they, off the face of the planet. I don't her. like that. And I want her to come back. I don't know if that would mean, you know, coming her coming back in just an official capacity for something like the road back or, you know, and opening up that door with Bess again. Um, I don't think that will happen. I think her and Bess are kind of over at this point. That doesn't mean they couldn't be rekindling that in season three, but I think for season two, that door has been closed. But I do think that bringing her back would be an interesting choice given the direction it's going in. And something that was mentioned here, Hudson Enterprises being connected to the connected to the road black. I do think that's true. I do think Everett was meeting with them uh, in the episode one. I think a lot of the men in that room, if not all of the men in the room, are connected to the road back in some capacity. Um, and I do think we are overestimating Everett's power. And I think a lot of his power comes from his connection to the road back and not Everett as a person. And so um, him being a member of the road back helps him, but I don't think he's a high ranking member. I think he's just step one to the bigger problem. Uh, and yeah, those are my predictions. All solid. I say that every episode. You but... do say that every episode, even when I'm wrong. I <laughs> like mean, yeah, but like, there's still I an episode I, I predict, and then I'm wrong at the beginning of episode, the following episode. Yeah, but they're all based in like you know solidness, right? Solid observations. They're yes, mine. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, they're all solid predictions. And just wait till season three. Then we'll <laughs> all be together. We'll all be together in Dum Dum Land. I but, love that for us. Yep. <laughs> so that's all we have for you for this episode. So make sure that if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you leave us a review and a rating. And make sure that you're subscribed to us uh, wherever you live, listen to podcasts as well. It really helps with visibility. Also, make sure you follow us on social media. Right now, we're still on Twitter, looking into potentially getting an Instagram per request. But on Twitter, you can find us at Making a Drood. You can find me personally at Slowburn Mac, M-A-C. And Melissa can be found where? I can be found at Sleuthen Drew without the G because Nancy stole it. Yep, because she's the only G. Yep. She and then Teresa? Yeah, you can find me uh, at Twitter at T-E-R-E underscore D-V-95. Come hit me up. We love to hear from you. But until next time, we'll catch you later, Druids. Bye.